Ask Andy is our new subscriber-only show. Every month, Andy answers your questions. Like these. What's your favourite colour biro? What the f*** is it with you and terrapins? Uh, what are the spring 2024 catwalk colours? How goes it with the sitar? Can you recommend either the floating barge or the detour to Rwanda? What do you think of the kids of politicians getting into politics? Maybe you and your colleagues would be able to suggest some coping mechanisms. And Andy even asks a few questions himself. Do you, do you think I could get to Christmas number one? Subscribe to Ask Andy Now via any podcast platform. Go to thebuglepodcast.com forward slash donate. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Welcome to Top Stories. It's producer Chris. Food. I like food. Especially if it's fried chicken or fizzy sweets or peanut butter and banana sandwiches. Anyway, if, if there was some worrying news for me and the rest of the planet, it came in April 2008. Bugle issue 26, food, non-existent food. Top story this week and peckish, well statistically you probably are. The head of the UN World Food Programme this week described the current global food shortages as a silent tsunami which knows no borders sweeping the world. That is a beautifully articulated and deeply depressing point. I'm afraid it's not true, for this tsunami is a clear respecter of borders. <laughs> proven by the fact that whilst countries around the developing world are rioting in the streets in the face of malnutrition and hunger, we've only recently started to pay attention because pizza's just got a bit more expensive. <laughs> uh, food could actually soon be a thing of the past. In Britain, the family food shop has gone up. £15 a week on average. And let's not forget, John, here in Britain, we don't get tasty tidbits airdropped on us like the starving Africans do. That's true. That's the, and yet you don't see journalists reporting about that, do no, you? No, you don't. Cost has gone up 40% worldwide since mid-2007, and there have been these rights and protests in Cameroon, Burkina Faso, Haiti, Egypt, many other countries that the West would love to care about, but just can't. <laughs> well, we've got a lot on our mind at the moment. Well, we'll get round to it. The neediness is a real turn-off, though. Yeah. <laughs> Evo Morales, the president of Bolivia, uh, also issued warnings about the current expansion of biofuels, which convert cereals into fuel. And could this be the biggest <laughs> f*** you yet for the developing world? <laughs> Not only have we gorged ourselves to morbidly obese levels, now we are burning food as well. <laughs> Ethanol production is on course to account for some 30% of the US maize crop by 2010, dramatically curtailing the amount of land available for food crops. We would rather have fuel than food. 
people will go to restaurants in the future to have their meal set on fire in front of them. <laughs> then they'll just sit back with a napkin in their lap, watch it burn, pronounce it delicious, tip the waiter and leave. I mean, I don't understand why this is a problem, John. You would have thought that you know, in an era where the world population is soaring upwards and you know the pressure on global food production is increasing, that using a large chunk of the world's agricultural land to make stuff for our cars, you'd thought that yeah. would be fine. But, yeah, what's wrong with that? You know, the, the bottom line is someone has got the maths wrong. My theory is, though, that the world's poor, as always, are copping it right in the nudges. But they must have developed an immunity to it by now, surely. I mean, we spent the last two and a half thousand years lining them up against the wall, running straight at them and thwacking them in the plums with a cricket bat. Surely <laughs> they can barely even feel anything now. These people don't need food. They don't need food. And if we can just starve off the excess 30% who use a disproportionate 1% of the food and energy of the world, then, you know, no one would have a problem. Is, is that wrong? We might need a running translation for any American listeners there as to what nudges and plums <laughs> refer to, although, to be honest, I think you can probably guess. <laughs> the truth is, Andy, so the old saying goes, you reap what you sow, and when you sow the seeds of global inequality, don't act surprised with what sprouts up come harvest time. Also, John, I don't see why it should always be us in the West that has to change our behaviour. Why should it be us that has to use these renewable energies instead of food-based uh, car fuel? Why can't the poor people of the world learn to eat the wind and the sun? <laughs> That's not unreasonable. There have been uh, rice riots uh, around the world. Who would have thought, John, that rice would be so popular? I've always found it a bit dull as a staple. I mean, I could live without rice, but it turns out the people of Haiti and the Philippines are fussier eaters than me. <laughs> yeah, there are people now illegally hoarding rice in the Philippines to force the price up. So rice really has become the new gold. Rappers are going to start waving packets of rice around in their videos. Strip cubs are going to be full of businessmen, emptying rice into the G-strings of lap dancers. <laughs> mo rice, mo problems, Andy. It's like the Wu-Tang Clan nearly said, rice rules everything around me. <laughs> and at the Olympics, uh, at the Olympics in Beijing this year, all winning competitors will merely have a risotto poured over their heads. <laughs> Investors are even buying up food stocks uh, as hedge funds start investing heavily in commodities. Is there nothing that the financial markets will not profiteer with? <laughs> Oxfam has said that the problem is that agriculture as an issue stopped being sexy. What, what are Oxfam suggesting? That farmers wear lower-cut overalls? Come on! That's going to set farming back hundreds of years. <laughs> They're trying to get away from that image. Well, John, I did uh, hear, and you can probably confirm or deny this, that um, as part of a concerted bugle effort to make developing world agriculture sex again, you're actually doing a swimwear shoot on a Cambodian Brussels sprout farm. Is that so? Listen, Andy... No smoke I, without I, fire. What, what I'm going to say about that is it's not untrue. You did pose for a photo in a tutu, John. I'm not putting anything past you anymore. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'd actually forgotten about that. <laughs> there was a time when you saying that would have been a joke, and then something <laughs> didn't seem right about it, and that's when I realised, oh, yeah, I did do that. <laughs> Walmart, the world's largest retailer, is even restricting sales of rice at one of its chains. At Sam's Club, uh, which is Walmart's cash-and-carry division, which sells food at suspiciously low prices. <laughs> has limited customers to buying a maximum of four bags per visit. Uh, now, this has led to an increase in purchases of fake moustaches and wigs. Walmart uh, has said that it's not restricting the amounts of flour or oil that customers can buy at this time. <laughs> Everything that company says sounds sinister. 
All press releases from Walmart should be delivered by dimly lit men in swivel chairs stroking cats, <laughs> muttering to themselves, Shh, tiddles, for one day we shall own everything. Then they'll see... In terms of British supermarkets, the British government has criticised the buy one, get one free offers at supermarkets for uh, increasing the amount of food thrown away by British shoppers. A third of food bought in the UK is thrown away, and that does not look good. If we're not setting fire to it for fuel so that we can drive our cars to the shops to buy more food we don't need, we're just chucking it away for the hell of it. Six million tonnes a year of wasted food, and that's just Britain. We're tiny. Imagine the wasted food here, although, by the look of the Midwest, not a lot's going to waste. <laughs> yeah. I think they finish their dinners. I'm not going to say anything more than that. They finish their dinners in the Midwest. They're heroes. For every overweight American we like to take the piss out of here in Britain, they have single-handedly probably saved three African children by not wasting food. Think of it that way. Hold up the mirror, Britain. Hold up the mirror. We're expected to hit nine billion by mid-century. That's the world, not not Britain. Also, the emerging economies of India and China are resulting in more middle-class people there, uh, whom a recent report discovered eat more food. Now, I don't know how we didn't make the connection between rich people eating more food than poor people before, <laughs> but we've done it now. And what happens? What needs to happen, Andy, is we need to drive China and India back down into poverty. <laughs> Everything worked fine then. It was the perfect balance. Yeah, they've got to take one for the team, frankly. There are a couple of solutions, though. Uh, one, sew up the stomachs of the world's poor in the manner of a Hollywood celebrity to make them less hungry. Yes, it's expensive in the short term, but there will be long-term benefits. And also, we need to make trade more fair, not just for the farmers, but also for us, the consumers. Uh, it's got to be fair on my wallet, John. Uh, fair trade products are often a bit more expensive, and let's not forget, fairness is a duet, and at the moment it's all Linda Ronstadt and not enough Aaron Neville. I know what you're thinking now. I want to go back and listen to a classic episode of The Bugle. Well, go back now and listen to episode 26, somewhere right at the bottom of your podcast feed. <laughs>